The following episode of Lyrics of Their Life podcast deals with serious issues that may be distressing to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hi everyone, and welcome to Lyrics of Their Life, the podcast that talks about the extraordinary lives lived by those that wrote or performed the songs we know and love. On today's episode of Where Are They Now, we'll be exploring the story of 90s Euro pop group Aqua, known best for their hit songs Turn Back Time, Dr. Jones, and of course, the unforgettable smash hit Barbie Girl. While they weren't renowned for poetic masterpieces, Aqua sure knew how to write a smash hit pop song, as we discover where Aqua actually originated from, how they were able to become huge international stars, and the biggest question of all, where are they all now? I'm your host Adam Hampton, and this is Lyrics of Their Life, Where Are They Now? Prince has died at the age of 57. This is it. Sorry, Gary, but I was always the talented member of the band. Keep going, little girl. I will hit a man with glasses. I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Former Beatle John Lennon, who was 40, was shot and killed last night outside his luxury apartment in New York. Asbeans shouldn't present fucking awards to gonna be. The group Aqua would originate in Copenhagen, Denmark, and would consist of four members, including male vocalist Renee Diff, female vocalist Lena Nystrom, guitarist Klaus Noreen, and keyboard player Soren Rastad. But before we unpack the story of Aqua, first of all, let's go back to the beginning and discover where each of the members originated from. Male vocalist and rapper Renee Diff was born on the 17th of October 1967 in Copenhagen, Denmark to his Algerian father and Danish mother. Raised alongside his two brothers and one sister, Renee was said to have struggled in school, especially in literacy, and with learning being challenging, he often found himself getting into trouble and failing to pay attention in class, which led him to being expelled or suspended from school on numerous occasions. With the 1998 documentary, The Aqua Diary, revealing that Renee was more focused and interested in other areas, such as in cooking and baking cakes, repairing pushbikes and delivering newspapers around town. With Renee's schooling not being a strong point of his, he would leave in just grade 9 to take up work on a cruise ship known as the MS Peter Wassell. As the cruise ship Renee worked on would take him into international waters, on a trip to Barbados in the Caribbean one time, it would be here that Renee would hear a local DJ on the radio that would inspire him to pursue a career also as a DJ. With Renee having been brought up to love music and punk and rap music being some of his favourite genres. Renee would spend his spare time practising to be a DJ and soon became quite good at it, eventually performing as a paid DJ in nightclubs around Copenhagen in Denmark and becoming known as one of the best new DJs in Copenhagen at the time. With Renee telling Rolling Stone magazine, quote, as a DJ, it was important for me to read the people in the club and know exactly what tune to put on to get them to dance. 
The music I played was very varied. It was funk, hip-hop, house, and then electro, acts like Erasure and Depeche Mode. But my all-time favourite, and always will be, is Rick Astley. I really, really love Rick Astley. I thought to be a DJ that just stood there and played records was a little bit boring. I was also breakdancing from when I was very young. I was influenced by American DJs and rap music. And then I just started one day. I actually went outside the DJ booth and started rapping without knowing what people would think about it. They freaked out and thought it was cool. Through DJing, Renee also liked to rap and would land a job working on the soundtrack to the Danish kids movie called Naughty Frieda and the Fearless Spies. In need of a rapper for just one track on the soundtrack, Renee happened to be hired by Klaus Noreen and Soren Rastad, who were both producers and musicians that were literally producing the soundtrack in the studio right next door to where Renee had been recording. They heard Renee rapping and thought he'd be perfect for the job. With Klaus and Soren having won a competition themselves to produce the soundtrack for the film. After Renee collaborated with the pair and hit it off with them, the three men decided to form a project band, calling it Joy Speed. As Klaus and Soren weren't great singers, and Renee had some experience, he would take the lead vocal role, but mainly rapped for now. Klaus Noreen was born on the 5th of June 1970 in Charlottenlund in Copenhagen, Denmark. Klaus wasn't really encouraged by his parents to pursue music or even listen to it as a child, but Klaus happened to find his own interest in it as he grew older and became obsessed with electro-pop, British and 80s music, buying his first lot of CDs at age 10 before taking a keen interest in the keyboard, attempting to follow in the footsteps of his musical heroes, Depeche Mode. After leaving high school, Klaus was determined to follow his dream of being a musician, but his parents wanted him to go off to university instead. However, Klaus realised to support these ambitions, he would have to work for it, as he took up a job in his sister's clothing store and at a gas station. With Klaus even releasing a single during this time, titled Submerged, under the band name Aeroflot. It was while working at this petrol station that Klaus just so happened to meet another musically minded and driven individual named Soren Rasted. Soren Rasted was born on the 13th of June 1969 in Blovstrad, Denmark, and unlike Klaus, his parents Jorgen and Kirsten Rasted were much more supportive and encouraging in Soren's interest in music. In 1974, when Soren was just five years old, he would start taking piano lessons taught to him by his mother. With the family commonly sitting around together in the living room, playing instruments and dancing. Soren's main musical influences included Simple Minds, David Bowie and U2. When Soren was a teenager, during high school, he would leave for the USA as an exchange student, where he resided with yet another musically gifted and supportive family, which only furthered his love for music, as he began to write his own songs. When Soren returned and graduated from high school in Denmark, he would study at the Copenhagen Business School in Denmark, before taking up a job at the exact same petrol station as Klaus, where the two hit it off. With Klaus and Soren now aged around 18 and hitting it off, sharing a common interest in music and production, with the two gas station employees eventually moving into an apartment together in 1989 to work more intently on their music. Klaus and Soren performed and recorded music as a duo, but their vocals weren't very strong, so hiring a couple of singers was a must, which, as mentioned earlier, led them to source out Renee 
and from there they formed the three-piece Joy Speed. But the three young men felt there was still one piece to the puzzle missing, and that was a lead female singer. This brings us to our fourth and final member, Lena Grawford Nystrom, who was born on the 2nd of October 1973 in Tonsberg, Norway, and was around six years younger than Renee. Lena was raised alongside her sister Emily in the countryside by her mother Beirut and her father Tor Nystrom, who was a strict strong man and a colonel in the Norwegian army. Lena grew up listening to the Beatles, Michael Jackson, Annie Lennox of the Eurythmics, Rolling Stones and Elvis Presley, and was heavily influenced by 60s and 70s pop music. Most of Lena's friends growing up were actually males, with Lena describing herself as a tomboy. Lena would play guitar as a youngster and would even learn how to shoot a rifle and ride horses. When she left school, Lena was even said to have joined the Norwegian Army training program herself, taking after her father's footsteps, where she earned the title of the second best shooter in the program. To earn some extra cash, Lena chose to take up a job as a bartender and as a model from the ages of 17 to 20 during 1990 to 1993. Lena would then take up a role on the Norwegian game show called Casino, with the show likened to a Norwegian style of Wheel of Fortune, with Lena's role being a silent non-speaking role as a hostess tasked with turning the letters over. As Lena told news.com.au and was quoted as saying, That was weird actually, because I came from the countryside, grew up in a normal working family. I just knew early on that I wanted to do something different and get away from that place, even though it's a lovely place. And I entered this nationwide competition about being a hostess for a couple of months on this TV show. I went to Oslo and I wasn't allowed to speak. It was a silent part. It was quite cool. I got to see how things worked in the TV business and everything. On the last show, I got to sing, and that was kind of my opening for entering Aqua. Lena wouldn't actually become involved in music until she was a teenager, discovering all of a sudden that she could sing quite well, and soon enough while being a hostess on Casino... She was performing gigs all over Norway, including on cruise ships and ferries. While the origin story of how Renee and Lena met varies over the years, the most likely scenario appears to be that during 1994, when Renee was travelling to Norway from Denmark on the MS Peter Wessel cruise ship as a DJ, he would meet female vocalist Lena Nystrom, who was on the ship for the Casino TV show. Renee had actually previously spotted Lena on the TV show, but this time around, it just so happened to be that it was Lena's final show with Casino. But call it fate, she was given the one-off opportunity to sing a cover song in a cappella by Randy Crawford called Almaz. And when she started singing, Renee found her voice to be amazing. Fate would bring the pair together, as Renee, of course, was looking for a female vocalist, and he couldn't resist the temptation to approach her. When Renee finally got to speak to Lena, he informed her that he and two of his friends, Soren and Klaus, had formed a band back in Denmark named Joyspeed, and that they were looking for a female singer, before sweetening the deal by praising her voice. Flattered by Renee's compliments, and with the pair hitting it off, Renee extended an offer to Lena to come back to Denmark with him to audition and potentially join the band, to which Lena happily agreed. Lena would be quite nervous about the audition and was quoted as saying, When I went to audition and sing for the boys, it was kind of frightening actually. We were at Soren's parents' summer house and just sat at the piano and I knew that this was make it or break it. 
I really wanted to join them. I remember I thought Soren was a little bit scary and a little bit strict. He made me really nervous, but here we are. It turned out really well. Renee and Lena wouldn't only hit it off musically, with the pair deciding to also start dating, with the two lovers being seen in their music videos together, often singing to one another, with their relationship lasting for a couple of years. With Lena telling Rolling Stone magazine that in the beginning, Renee, quote, spent a couple of months flirting my pants off. Renee had actually previously been married to a woman named Riki Major, who worked as a health coach, with the pair having a child together in 1990, named Daniela Diff, who to this day is 33 years old. However, Renee and Riki actually divorced before Renee met Lena. During this time in Norway, Renee would utilise his DJ skills and record an album during 1995 titled Groove Your Soul with Factual Beat and DJ Alligator featuring Renee as a co-collaborator. However, Renee's major focus was now on his new band, Joy Speed. During 1995, 27-year-old Renee, 21-year-old Lena, 24-year-old Klaus and 25-year-old Soren would land a deal with a small Swedish label as a group known as Joyspeed. With Klaus and Soren handling production and playing instruments, Renee rapping and Lena singing. Their first single as Joyspeed would be titled Itsy Bitsy Spider, performed in a reggae and euro dance style and was actually based on the nursery rhyme itself, and despite making it onto the lower end of the charts in Sweden, remaining there for one week, the single would quickly drop out altogether and failed to chart at all in Denmark and Germany after being released as a single there also, leading to Joy Speed making the decision to walk away from their record deal and their manager, who they felt wasn't really helping them to progress. During the remainder of 1995 into early 1996, Joy Speed would start from scratch by hiring a new manager, altering their sound, finding their unique Europop and dance style we know and love today. They incorporated a JV2080 Roland synthesizer to improve the overall sound quality of their music and they would also source out a new record deal by impressing Universal Music Denmark, who would sign the group in 1996. But one of the biggest changes of all would be the group's name, as Joy Speed would become Aqua. This was after the group decided that Joy Speed didn't fit their new style of music, and their long list of band names other than Aqua didn't stand out as much. The name Aqua actually came about when Renee, who was in Norway DJing, phoned Klaus and Soren up while on a train, telling them what about the name Aquarium or Aqua. This idea had stemmed from the members of the group noticing a poster for the Danish Aquarium in the recording studio, and the idea just jumped out at them. For them, it was easy to remember, was a fun word to say, and was friendly, which summed up their whole vibe as a band. While they love pop music, Aqua would set out to do something a bit different, with Soren summing them up perfectly by saying that they weren't too serious in their songs, and that they were, quote, it's partly pop music with humour and irony. To go with their fun and catchy songs, Aqua would also style themselves as bright, colourful and vibrant, almost cartoon-style characters, with Lena sporting large, tall, standing hair, Renee being, of course, bald, Soren sporting spiky hair, and Klaus simply just had red hair. During 1995... Aqua got busy in the studio, recording their debut album, with Lena telling Rolling Stone magazine that, quote, We had huge dreams, and we were working on music night and day. We didn't see friends or family, but we became the best of friends. 
all of us wanted to make our mark on Norway and Denmark. On the 24th of September 1996, Aqua would release their first single titled Roses Are Red. And while it wasn't a hit outside of Scandinavia, it would be an instant success in Denmark, peaking at number one and number two in Norway, the band's two home countries. While the track also made it to number five in Sweden, putting Aqua on the map as one of the hottest rising acts in Scandinavia. Following this on the 11th of February 1997, Aqua released their second single titled My Oh My, which became the group's first international success outside of Scandinavia, peaking at number two in Denmark and Scotland, three in Belgium, four in France and Sweden, six in the UK and Italy, and 17 in New Zealand. In regards to how Aqua wanted to be seen as a band, Renee was quoted as saying, You have a pop band here and a rock band here, and we're trying to find the middle. With Lena's unique and sweet vocals and Renee's growling raspy voice, it was a unique but perfect recipe for success. On the 26th of March 1997, Aqua would release their debut album titled Aquarium. Featuring a number of fun, up-tempo tracks, Aquarium would debut at number one in Denmark and also made its way to number one in seven other countries, including Sweden, Norway, Australia, Canada and New Zealand. Aquarium would also be a smash hit in the UK, reaching number six and in the US, reaching number seven. Over time, the album would sell a total of 14 million copies around the world, despite NME rating the album 1 stars out of 10. To this day, Aquarium remains the third highest selling album in Denmark's history, and the album is somewhat of a classic. But cementing their status as a household name around the world would be a track titled Barbie Girl, which would become one of the biggest hits of all time. Released as a single during April 1997, Barbie Girl would win over audiences all around the world with its catchy tongue-in-cheek lyrics, Lena's high-pitched but sweet vocals, Renee's deep and humorous voice, and with the group's comedic appeal shining through, especially in the music video where Renee portrays Ken and Lena portrays Barbie, with the iconic music video now sitting at over 1.2 billion views on YouTube. Barbie Girl currently stands at over 382 million streams on Spotify, and managed to chart at number one at the time of release, peaking in the number one top spot in 12 countries, including Australia, New Zealand, Norway, Sweden, France, the UK, and Germany. While Barbie Girl also reached number two in Denmark and Italy, four in Canada, and seven in the US. Barbie Girl would also become the band's biggest selling single release in their history, selling 8 million copies around the world, becoming one of the most successful singles of all time. The members of Aqua claimed that they knew it was going to be a hit, whereas their record label needed more convincing at the time. With Lena quoted as saying, You never think it's going to happen, and it did. It went from overnight success, and it was totally surreal. When speaking to Rolling Stone magazine, Lena was quoted as saying, We knew we had something worth gold on our hands. Many would claim that Lena must have had her vocals pitched up using technology due to how unique and high her voice sounds in the track. However, Lena told Rolling Stone magazine, quote, Everyone believed it was pitched up in the computer, but I really did it. Barbie Girl was written by the four members of Aqua, with Soren writing a majority of the track, claiming that he always writes the melody before the lyrics, which is in fact the technique that he utilised for Barbie Girl. 
Barbie Girl was mainly inspired by an artwork that Soren Rastad had seen in a shop in Copenhagen, Denmark, known as Kitsch Culture, known for being quite eccentric artwork, for example, the painting known as Dogs Playing Poker by Cassius Marcellus Coolidge. With this particular artwork that Soren noticed, featuring Barbie dolls still in their plastic wrapping, forming the shape of a planet in a big round ball shape. This is when the idea came to him, as he told Rolling Stone magazine, quote, It made me think life in plastic, it's fantastic. I thought that was a great line, and then I wrote, come on Barbie, let's go party. Critics were quick to judge the song's lyrics, and interpreted that Barbie Girl is about the way in which sex and the perfect body is pushed on everyone in society, in relation to the perfect cookie-cutter Barbie, known for having perfect teeth and hair, the perfect husband, house, dog, and the list goes on, as Aqua appear to mock the ideology of perfection in society, and the longing to have the white picket fence with the house and family. However, the members of Aqua saw this much differently when writing the song, as Soren told Rolling Stone magazine, quote, We were not really trying to make a statement, we were just trying to write a fun song. While Lena would confirm some of the critics' beliefs by saying, quote, We just wanted to take the piss out of that kind of perfect girl. We didn't say it very often, but that was the main thing behind it. Lena would later expand on this in a 2014 interview by stating to news.com.au, quote, It is also a statement on the kind of perfect girl that the society is trying to turn us into. There's irony in there as well, and in all of our other songs. While Renee told Rolling Stone magazine, quote, The message is that it's okay to be the person you are and look the way you look and be confident in that. You don't necessarily have to have plastic surgeries to be a better person. All these metaphors in the song were taboo to talk about, but we came out with a tongue-in-cheek way to present our song. It's a pop song, but it's also a song about how it's okay to be who you are, love who you are, and be yourself. Barbie Girl would come under scrutiny for its double meanings and for being a song seemingly about Barbie dolls, of course being a children's toy, and the lyrics which were obviously hinting at sexual connotations, with the lyrics reading, You can brush my hair, undress me everywhere, you can touch, you can play, and kiss me here, touch me there, hanky panky. These lyrics would land Aqua and their North American record label, MCA, in hot water when Barbie manufacturer, Mattel, filed a lawsuit against MCA Records, claiming these lyrics had turned Barbie into a sexual object and a quote, blonde bimbo, therefore tarnishing her image and brand, affecting sales and breaching copyright due to the use of the Barbie name and colour pink associated with Barbie, with 11 counts filed against MCA in the courts. MCA Records would of course dispute these claims, stating that the Barbie Girl song was legal because it falls under the parody category, and they would make a counterclaim for defamation towards Mattel, after Mattel claimed that MCA was similar to a bank robber, thieving others of their hard work for their own personal gain. The case would actually drag on for a number of years with back and forth issues and wouldn't be settled until July 2002 when Judge Alex Kozinski of the US State Court found that Barbie Girl didn't break any copyright laws and fell within the non-commercial use exemption with the judge dismissing the case by stating, quote, The parties are advised to chill. Another simple but catchy track was released during October 1997, 
titled Dr. Jones, which also became a number one hit in five countries, including the UK and Australia, where it spent seven weeks in the top spot. Dr. Jones remains a popular track for the group, however, it wouldn't sell nearly as much as Barbie Girl, with just over one million copies sold around the world of Dr. Jones. When explaining the meaning behind the song, Lena would claim, quote, Dr. Jones is about a boy and a girl who fall in love on a holiday, then separate. So she goes to the doctor to cure her love. It's very silly, but also funny. Towards the end of 1997, Aqua began to tour Asia and the US, with Renee expressing how amazing it was to actually be touring the US, as he was quoted as saying, We actually kissed the ground when we landed. While Lena claimed that while they were there in the US, they performed 14 shows in 21 days, as she wished that they stayed in the US longer and felt that their time was actually quite brief. Other hits from the Aquarium album would be released towards the end of 1997 through to 1998 and included the singles Lollipop Candyman, which reached number 3 in Australia, Good Morning Sunshine, which struggled to crack the top 10 around the world and would be the band's worst performing single from Aquarium. And finally, the Euro pop ballad Time After Time, which peaked at number one in both Scotland and the UK, which without a doubt was Aqua's most underrated single release, being a well-rounded song featuring beautiful vocals from Lena, which would see her win the special price of the jury award at the Norwegian Music Awards due to her contribution to music through Aqua in 1998. With Turn Back Time, Barbie Girl and Dr. Jones all reaching number one in the UK, Aqua would enter into the Guinness World Records as the only debut band to achieve three self-penned number one hits on the UK chart from their debut album. In retrospect, Aqua members claim that the downfall of their success in the US and the reason they were considered to be one-hit wonders there was due to poorly selected follow-up singles to Barbie Girl, with the label choosing to go with Lollipop Candyman in the US. As Soren told Rolling Stone magazine, quote, We didn't think that song was a hit. That was a weird decision. Renee claimed that he would have went with Around the World as a single instead, while Lena would have liked to have seen Dr. Jones released next in the US. After the album Aquarium had well and truly been released, Renee and Lena would also end their three-year relationship, with the pair remaining friends and were determined to stick together for the band. As a short amount of time passed, however, Lena would soon find herself falling for another band member in Soren. As Lena and Soren commence their relationship with Renee, giving the pair his blessing and very maturely getting on with business and their friendship. After over a year of recording a new album with 30 songs in production being cut down to 12, Aqua would tour most notably in Australia for the first time, where they all received matching tattoos of the Aqua Eye logo to symbolise, quote, the end of chapter one. Aqua would return on the 1st of February 2000 with a single called Cartoon Heroes, which managed to reach number one in Italy, Spain, Norway and Denmark, two in Sweden, seven in the UK, and 16 in Australia. Despite promising charting positions, Cartoon Heroes was a bigger hit in Scandinavia than internationally, as Aqua started to see a decline in sales. When Aqua released their second studio album, titled Aquarius, on the 28th of February 2000, 
Those initial fears had well and truly come to light, with the album only making it to number one in Norway and Denmark, and two in Italy, while it wasn't good news outside of Europe, with the album reaching just number 15 in Australia, 24 in the UK, and 82 in the US, despite eventually selling 4 million albums worldwide. Aqua would score further hits in Denmark and Europe with the singles Around the World and Bumblebees. However, the bubble had well and truly burst internationally for Aqua, as they sadly wouldn't score another hit song in the UK, Australia or the US again. The final single from the Aquarius album, titled We Belong to the Sea, would be released during 2001 and would sadly be a worldwide flop. And although they were touring the world and working on a potential third album, the pressure kept on compiling on them, with the ongoing Mattel vs MCA court case proving stressful and a controversial Eurovision performance causing backlash, with all of this playing a part in their demise. In relation to this controversial Eurovision performance in May 2001, Aqua collaborated with the Safri duo live on stage and also performed a number of their hit songs during voting stages of the competition for the live crowd and those watching at home. What caused the most outrage, however, was an altered live version of Barbie Girl that saw Renee and Lena add in a number of phrases, gestures and inappropriate words which caused viewers to send in multiple complaints claiming that the band had gone too far. This controversy would hurt Aqua's reputation at the time as they proceeded to gig around Denmark performing tracks that were set for release on their upcoming third studio album such as Shaken Stevens is a Superstar and Couch Potato. But despite the album being near completion and release, Aqua would sadly be dropped from their recording contract with MCA Records and their third studio album would never be released. Despite the bad news and the downfall of Aqua, some more positive news was just around the corner and exactly what the band members needed. On the 25th of August 2001, Lena and Soren would marry in Las Vegas in the US, with Soren actually adopting Lena's surname and becoming Soren Nystrom Rastad, with the couple settling down in London, England. Towards the end of 2001, with Aqua struggling to find a new recording contract and members feeling as though it was time to move on with life and as solo artists, Aqua would officially split up for the very first time, with Klaus stating, quote, We just needed some time away from each other to sort of ground ourselves after these crazy, crazy times. During 2001, Klaus would also marry after tying the knot with journalist Siggy Madsen. The couple would go on to have a son together named Elliot in February 2003, but unfortunately, Siggy and Klaus would eventually split up. After a couple of quiet years, Lena would be the first to launch her own solo career, signing with Polydor and Universal Records, where she released her debut album titled Play With Me on the 21st of September 2003. Play With Me featured 12 Europop and dance tracks, where the album would peak at just number 30 in Denmark and 74 in Norway, but did actually manage to produce a hit single called It's Your Duty, which was popular in Europe, reaching number 3 in Denmark, 9 in Norway, and 19 in Italy. Lena would also help co-write a song called No Good Advice by the British and Irish girl group Girls Aloud in May 2003, which turned out to be a major success, charting at number two in the UK, Ireland and Scotland, 
and reaching number 7 on the European chart, where it was quite popular. During 2003, Rene would also launch his own solo career with the single Let It All Out, Push It, which was a sampled version of Push It by Salt and Pepper, featuring new lyrics by Rene performed in a punk rock style. The track would become a huge hit in Denmark, reaching number two there, but wouldn't really be a hit elsewhere. Rene would release another single titled The Uh Ah Song, but this failed to chart. During this time, Rene would release an autobiography and enter into a relationship with a woman named Lynette Joe, with Rene eventually tying the knot with Lynette, and he is still with her to this day. During February 2004, Lena would release her second single titled Pretty Young Thing from her debut album, but the track failed to chart, and this would sadly lead to Lena being dropped by Polydor and Universal Records. Together in 2004, Lena and Soren would move to more familiar surroundings, settling in Denmark before having two children together. A daughter named India, born in 2004, and a son named Billy, born in 2006, with Lena revealing that she would often play her new music to her kids in the car to see if they approve of their songs and if they're any good. Meanwhile, Rene would put his solo musician aspirations to one side, deciding to become an actor starring in a number of Danish films by Danish director Lasse Spang Olsen, while René also briefly owned his own bar in downtown Copenhagen in Denmark. Towards the end of 2004, on the 2nd of November 2004, Soren, under the project name Lazy Boy, aka Lazy B, would release his debut solo album, titled Lazy Boy TV, under Universal Records. The album was quite unique and experimental, featuring spoken word songs, along with hip-hop style musical pieces, with Soren, aka Lazy Boy, offering social commentary on American society, comedy sketches, trivia, and it even included Soren's personal advice to those listening. Soren's wife and fellow Aqua member, Lena, would feature on the album on a track titled I Love New York, while the most successful track from the album was titled Underwear Goes Inside the Pants, which, believe it or not, managed to reach number five in Australia, where it went gold, while it also made it to number 30 in the UK. Later in 2006, Soren would change the project name from Lazy Boy to Lazy Bee, and even earn the honour of producing a piece of music for the Royal Danish Ballet. Soren, Klaus, Lena and Rene would go on to work on a number of singles and remixes with varying artists, with Soren himself becoming quite an accomplished songwriter, in Denmark, even writing the winner's single for the 2009 Denmark X Factor winner, Linda Andrews. Towards the end of 2007, on the 26th of October, Rene, Lena, Soren and Klaus would all reunite to reform Aqua as they looked into touring the US, Denmark, the UK and Canada. However, this would be short-lived, as Aqua decided just to stick with Denmark, performing just eight shows as part of the annual Summer Grand Concert Festival, which travelled across Denmark from the 17th to the 27th of July, 2008. According to Lena, Aqua always wanted to become renowned for their live performances, which were said to have been fun, positive and energetic shows with, surprisingly, strong vocals. The live concert reunion of Aqua led to the band returning to the studio to put together their greatest hits album and record three new tracks titled Spin Me A Christmas, 
back to the 80s, and my mama said. The album itself would be released under Universal Music and would peak at number one in Denmark and seven in Norway. It was quite a success in Europe, but failed to make an impact elsewhere, only making it to number 135 in the UK. The singles Back to the 80s and My Mama Said were also hits in Europe, with Back to the 80s reaching number one in Denmark and three in Norway, becoming Aqua's seventh and final number one single in Denmark to date, while My Mama Said would reach number four in Denmark. The success of these tracks led to Aqua touring Europe and then to the UK, during mid-2009. After the court battle between Aqua's former label, MCA Records, and Barbie manufacturer Mattel was settled back in 2002, during 2009, Mattel decided to go back on everything they stood for in that court case by utilising the Barbie Girl song by Aqua in an advertisement for their Barbie products and even produced a music video featuring the song with altered lyrics to bolster sales of their dolls. However, Aqua and MCA decided not to proceed with any legal action, with Lena telling Nylon in a later interview, quote, I do believe that Mattel saw an opportunity to get some attention because the song was quite innocent. And it wasn't sexist at all. It wasn't our point to make the song sexist, at least. It was kind of more making fun of the Pamela Anderson kind of girl that was existing at the time. And still are. But it's a super innocent song if you listen to all the other shit that's out there. During February 2010, while in Thailand, Aqua returned to the studio to record their third studio album, titled Megalomania. In their opinion, they wanted to create the world's best pop album, however, it would prove to be a long drawn out process, taking them 18 months to write and record the album in both Thailand and Copenhagen in Denmark, as they were believed to have written over 100 songs, whittling that number down to just 11. On the 3rd of October 2011, Aqua would release Megalomania to the world, with Soren and Klaus co-producing the album and having a hand in a majority of the songwriting. But despite the hype around their return, Megalomania would only be a hit in Denmark, where it peaked at number 2 on their album charts, and it would certify just gold. Overall, the album had a much more mature appeal to it, doing away with the light-hearted bubblegum pop approach adopted on previous albums and more focused on Europop and dance music, which was current at the time. Three singles would be released from the album, with How Are You Doing reaching number four in Denmark, Playmate to Jesus reaching 13 in Denmark, and Like a Robot failing to chart at all. To this day, Megalomania would remain the band's final studio album. During March 2012, Aqua would tour Australia due to popular demand for the band to head down under. With their usual four members, Soren, Klaus, Renee and Lena, Aqua would also bring along some new live members, including Niles Rasmussen on guitar, Frederick Fay on bass, and Morton Hellborn on drums. It was while they were touring in Australia that Lena confirmed that she had been battling pneumonia. However, she was determined not to cancel any shows to continue their perfect touring record of never cancelling a show in the band's history, with Lena miraculously pulling through and performing. After the tour, however, Aqua would sadly split up again, with Soren starting his own record label called Label Land, releasing a single of his own titled Shift Happens, before another reunion tour was on the cards for Aqua 
as they return once again to Australia, and this time New Zealand, after 16 years since their last gig here, with this taking place during 2014, with Soren stating while on tour in New Zealand, quote, Just starting again was great, it felt very natural, and we're touring and having fun. While Lena stated, quote, As long as the crowd has amazing energy as they usually have, then you never grow tired of it. When questioned by news.com.au if they take their kids on tour, Lena said, quote, India is turning 10 now and Billy is 8. We tell them we're going and what we're doing and that we're famous and stuff like that. But when we tour, it's pure rock and roll to be honest, and I don't feel the kids should be involved in that yet. It's not a life for them on the road. They stay with their grandparents and keep going to school and go on with their normal day. India is quite embarrassed by everything. She's at the stage now where she wants a normal mum and dad. There was a time when they were younger that they thought all parents were on TV and this was normal stuff. Now they understand that this is something different. I have to say, I really appreciate the long periods when I'm not working and I can stay home and pick them up early to be a really good mummy. During September 2016, Aqua would announce that they would be performing at Denmark's We Love the 90s Festival, returning to their home country for their first gig there in five years after last performing there during 2011. Unfortunately, however, the shows would be performed without Klaus, who announced that he would be quitting the band as he wished to turn his focus towards his own career in music and try his hand at a different style of music altogether, as he looked to the future, hoping for a fresh start and a much-needed break from Aqua. Klaus would remain close with Renee, Lena and Soren and claim that to him, they were like his family. A new unofficial fourth member would be added to the band to fill this void during live shows and recording sessions, named Stefan Drack. While Aqua remained somewhat active as a band, things would start to slow down for the now 40-year-olds, especially since Klaus moved on. During 2017, Aqua released a single titled Freaky Friday, which failed to chart, and in some sad news for the band, on the 27th of April 2017, after 16 years of marriage, Lena and Soren chose to get a divorce, but would remain friendly with one another, especially for their kids, and would remain friendly as bandmates. With Lena explaining this relationship to Rolling Stone by stating, quote, We're the best of friends. We have two teenage children. We have been through conflicts, but you just have to think bigger and remember why you love each other. We have the music and we have the children. We take care of each other. We look after each other. While Soren was quoted as saying, I was married to Lena for 16 years. Honestly, I love her very much. As a matter of fact, me and Lena are moving into the same building next month. We each have our own apartment. Both Soren and Lena would repartner with Lena stating, quote, My boyfriend is Soren's studio technician. We go out to dinner with Soren and his girlfriend. It's just a big modern happy family. Renee and Soren are my two best friends. During 2018, Aqua performed on the Canadian Rewind Tour with bands from the 90s named Prozac and Wigfield joining them on stage, while another unsuccessful single would be released titled Rookie. Aqua would release another unsuccessful single in 2021 titled I Am What I Am, while in 2022, Lena sat down with Rolling Stone magazine for an interview where she looked back on the time before Barbie Girl took off as she was quoted as saying, All of us wanted to make our mark on Norway and Denmark. It was like a bad omen thinking any bigger than that. 
We are very modest in Scandinavia. It's a different culture where you can't say your dreams out loud. Aqua would again become incredibly quiet for a number of years. That was until the release of the 2023 Barbie movie in cinemas, which saw Aqua's monthly listeners on Spotify jump from 22 million before the film's release to 37 million prior to Barbie hitting the cinemas, with the hype of the film being just enough to smash their own personal bests regarding streaming. This, of course, was despite the film not actually featuring the original Barbie song by Aqua, and instead featuring an overrated version called Barbie World, featuring Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice. With this Barbie World song somehow reaching number three in Australia and New Zealand, four in the UK and seven in the US. Lena doesn't seem to mind, however, as she told YO News, quote, I totally understand why they didn't use it, but it's going to bring us a lot of attention, no matter what. The members of Aqua have all moved on with their lives, creating families of their own, with Renee now age 55, Lena age 49, Soren age 54, and Klaus, age 53, with all their children now moving into adulthood. These days, Lena decided to take up a coaching role on the music TV program The Voice Denmark, remaining on the show for a number of years, and even tried her hand at acting in films and TV shows. While Renee would continue to perform as a DJ, and even started up his own bar and a food company, called Diff Food, with one of his specialty products, including Mexican-style tortilla chips. While in the early days, it was hard to take Aqua seriously, with many of their songs appealing to younger audiences and being predominantly humorous, there is no denying how great they were at creating catchy, upbeat, positive pop music, which clearly made an impact around the world, as we still remember their now nostalgic and infectious hits like Barbie Girl and Dr. Jones to this very day. To some, they are a one-hit wonder due to Barbie Girl, but try telling that to the people of Denmark who absolutely love the band and their now 37 million monthly listeners on Spotify. With Aqua accomplishing 22 award wins, two number one albums, and seven number one singles in Denmark. Not to mention their estimated 33 million album sales worldwide, making them the most profitable band to ever come out of Denmark, being one of few Scandinavian bands to actually chart within the top 10 in the US in the chart's history. Not too bad for a band that reached the peak of their success over 25 years ago. Today, Aqua still tour now and then around the world when they can, all while focusing on their own personal endeavours and their families. But with rumours circling that the band had been in the studio during 2020 to 2022, it's likely, at one stage down the track, that we could see yet another album by Aqua one day. But until then, we can only look back and enjoy their now nostalgic tracks, or get out and see them on tour, as they are still playing gigs and festivals as the main attraction across Europe, the US and Canada. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into that episode. Don't forget to check out our other episodes, ranging from Kurt Cobain and Freddie Mercury to Prince, Chasey Chapman and Stevie Nicks, and up-and-comers like Youngblood, Tones and I, and The Kid Leroy. For more information regarding this episode, including weekly updates and more, head to our Facebook page at Lyrics of Their Life Podcast, or our website at lyricsoftheirlife.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and even YouTube and Spotify where you can find a range of playlists 
featuring the music of every artist covered in the lyrics of their life podcast so far. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to give back for the hard work that goes into it, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes, or you can now rate the podcast on Spotify. Don't forget to let your friends and family know about what they've been missing out on, and feel free to click the free subscribe or follow button to the podcast wherever you listen, so you can receive a notification every time a new episode becomes available. If you would like to support the podcast financially, then please feel free to head to Patreon or buymeacoffee.com, where you can contribute your support for the podcast in exchange for some bonus content, ranging from as little as $1 donations to really anything you like. Every bit of support is greatly appreciated, and it means I can continue to bring you more great episodes in the future. This podcast is created and researched completely independently, so your contribution would really help this podcast continue on. Once again, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I'm your host Adam Hampton, and this is Lyrics of Their Life.